serve money in a lot of ways, right? Fame, where you're going to say, like, what are you really after? I think that Jesus wants our companionship, wants our friendship. The thing I'm learning is that he loves us. He loves me. He, and not only, not only does, does Jesus love me, Jesus likes me. Like Jesus actually likes me, not just me, all of us, right? Anybody who follows me, not only does he love you, but he also likes you. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week, we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes a special guest will join in. Pastor Daniel and Billy chat with Sam Acho today about the fact that God likes you. You've probably heard that God loves you, but do you think he can like you too? He does. Your creator wants to know you and spend time with you. And today, you can choose to spend time with him too. Choose to serve your great God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Billy with their special guest, Sam Acho, with the Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. So I will say that like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big nerd in a lot of ways. I love learning, love education, but also I love free things. And I happen with that award. And I don't know, I'm, maybe it's just me, but I, I love free things. I love with, free things, too. Absolutely. So with that award that I won, this Campbell Trophy, the Academic Heisman Trophy, there was a, a $25,000 postgraduate scholarship. Oh, nice. So most people who win that award, they go on to wherever and get education. But me, I actually wanted to go play in the NFL. And so there was a $25,000 postgraduate scholarship, but it had a two year expiration date. So within two years, that 25,000 would be gone. And so after my first year in the NFL, I played, I got a chance to start by the grace of God and did really, really well. I tied the rookie sack record as uh, my time in Arizona. And I was like, okay, cool. That was, was pretty easy. I kind of feel like I got a good grasp for this, but I wanted to make sure I didn't waste that $25,000 postgraduate scholarship. So I looked for school after school after school. I tried to find schools that would let me both play and pursue my education because many programs, many MBA programs say you got to pick one or the other. And I found this school in my backyard in Glendale, Arizona called the Thunderbird School of Global Management. I had never heard of the school. I was like, is this a made up school? Like, what are we talking about here? But from what I understood and what I understood from people, my friends were like, no, no, people come from all around the world to go to this school, all around the world. And so when it comes to an international international MBA, not just an MBA, but with an international mindset, a global mindset, this is where you want to be. And so for me personally, obviously loving education, but also loving different cultures, that idea of having an opportunity to learn from people all around the world, my friends from Japan, from Kuwait, from China, from Germany, all around the world, from Kenya, in the same classroom, it was special. When I, one of the things that you're talking about, and I think it's so powerful, is the fact that we have this tendency to believe that like, the only, like you have to chart a course, you have to grind that course and you have to get there all the way. And you're actually telling a completely different story. Like, listen, I wasn't supposed to be at this camp, but we went anyway, we got in, you know, and then this thing unfolds. But as we're doing this, then I'm like, hey, you know, if you call, I might not be able to be, pick up the phone because I'm going to be on a medical mission trip because, you, you know, that's important. And then, you know, you're playing, and you're like, listen, 
If someone who's in the NFL, it's like all you do is you devote your time and your energy to just making sure you're doing well. And you're like, well, I, yeah, actually, you know, I had this opportunity. And so I decided to get my MBA. And and even you, everyone says, oh, you have to choose one or the other. You're like, no, actually, I can choose both. And I think for all of us, like what you're saying is that there are opportunities everywhere if we're putting ourselves out there. Because you, what's beautiful is you're putting yourself out there, but you're not feeling locked in to having to do it one certain way. Can you, now, is that something that was kind of inherent within you because of the, you know, your, your parents teaching you about Jesus and, and you having faith and, hey, listen, you know, God's got, a, like, I got my plans and God's got his plans. You know, I, I plan my ways, but the Lord directs my steps as, as the Proverbs talks about, you know, uh, was that something that came naturally to you or, or, or was there a lot of kind of, uh, you know, uh, trepidation and taking some of those steps? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, I had good people around me to, to, to follow. I think about my dad as an example, times where I was fearful. He's like, dude, just go for it. You can do both in a lot of ways. I remember having some, some friends outside of football, friends in the business world, friends. Some of my best friends in college were starting high school. Some of my classmates in high school scored perfect scores on the SAT. Perfect. And that's when it went up to 2,400. So 2,400 out of 2,400. I had friends who went to Harvard and, and Yale. And I mean, this, that was, those were my friends. But I also had friends now in, in, in college who, in the business honors program, who were super smart, but also had my teammates. So it was like, I had people in both worlds where I didn't, I realized you don't have to only go for what people think you should go for. If God created you differently, then go where God wants you to go. Because God's plan may be different than anyone else's plans. God gave you this personality. God gave you your mind. God gave you your creativity. God gave you like a mellow, laid back kind of demeanor for a purpose, for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so what I am learning, and that's kind of what I talk about in, the, in, the, in, in my book, and let the world see you, how to be real in a world full of faiths. What I'm learning is that people need to see me not for my benefit alone, but for theirs as well. Okay, unpack that. Because like, right as you were talking about, I'm like, okay, now, now this is exactly what the book is about. And so so talk about that, how you choosing to, to live authentically, you know, letting the world see you for who you really are, you know, how that, you know, what you're saying is that other people need you to do that as well, because that helps them to be able to take those steps. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, well, I, I believe that like when you're you, I think that God gets the glory people around you benefit and the world around you thrives. Here's what I mean by that. When you're who God created you to be, when you're not faking or pretending or hiding, you're using the gifts God gave you. He gets glory because of that. Even look at my book, right? I wrote a book. I know a lot of people have ghostwriters. I, I, I didn't know ghostwriter here. Maybe the Holy spirit was helping me. You know what I mean? Like, but I wrote a book and that's a gift that God gave me. I love writing. I love communicating. I love speaking. So God is getting the glory for me using this gift. Number one, number two, people around me are benefiting. You'd be surprised how many former teammates I've had call me and say, man, thank you for writing this book. This is speaking my language. Also people who know nothing about football, nothing. They've read the book. Cause it's not, it's not a football book. There you go. Bingo. Billy. Yeah. Billy's <laughs> I, raised, I raised my hand. I raised yeah. my hand. Yeah. Like people have read the book and they're like, dude, this, this is a really, really good book. Thank you for writing this. And it, Cause it's not, it's not a football book. It's not a, it's not a, uh, autobiography. It's a book about what it means to be seen, known, and loved. A book for anybody who's ever felt ashamed, everybody ever felt like they had to hide for whatever reason. It's a book about what it means to be free, right? So people around you benefit. And lastly, the world around you thrives. When we all start being who God made us to be, the world will continue to thrive. Why do you think we feel so compelled? And I know you get into this in the book, but so compelled to be fake. I mean, you came from a world, anybody who comes from a world of fame in any way, there's another layer of this, right? Of the, and, and actually for pastors too, 
like you, Fusco, there's there's another layer to this too because it's this pressure. I feel like, but but what what creates that? Where does that come from? That pressure to be fake. There's a verse that talks about the fear of man, how it proves to be a snare, a trap. There's also a verse that talks about like who you're going to serve, right? You're going to serve God. You're going to serve money in a lot of ways, right? Fame. Are you going to like what are you really after? I think that Jesus wants our companionship. He wants our friendship. The thing I'm learning is that he loves us. He loves me. He, and not only, not only does, does Jesus love me, Jesus likes me. Like Jesus actually likes me, not just me, all of us, right? Anybody who follows me, not only does he love you, but he also likes you. And I think oftentimes for me, I've always had this deep desire to be loved, mm. to be loved for who I, for who I really am. Not for all the things I can do, not for my highs and the, the good, but also Will you love me even in the bad? There's a song that says by a guy named Marvin Sapp, and it, it says, he saw the best in me, talking about talking about God, like he saw the best in me when everyone else around could only see the worst in me. He saw the best in me when everyone else around could only see the worst in me. He goes on to say, he's mine, I'm his. It doesn't matter what I did. He only sees me for who I am. And so you ask, Billy, why do people feel like they have to pretend or hide? A lot of us are ashamed that people will see the worst in us. And then when they see us, they won't want to get to know us. And then we'll be alone. Yeah. See, this is powerful because, Sam, what you're saying is that our freedom to be uniquely who God made us to be is actually coming out of the overflow of our acceptance in Christ. Like, you know, I was just uh, talking with some folks about this uh, in Colossians chapter three, verse 12, uh, the apostle Paul inspired by the spirit said that the people of God are three things. He said that you're beloved, you're the elect of God and that you're holy. And, And the idea is that like for the child of God, you're loved, you're chosen, you know, and then, and then you're set apart. And for many of us, I think the the reason we have this, we we could be fake is because we're scared that we won't be accepted for who we are. Like, I remember when I went into the ministry, this was now 20 years ago, you know, uh, you know, I'm an all Italian guy from New Jersey, gregarious, loud. And I remember I I ended up in a, in a tribe of churches, which I love so much, but the, the kind of the, the, the figurehead of it was this very quiet kind of understated guy. And, and, you know, I had, you know, I had a dreads and long beard. I wore jeans and like I went in and, and nobody, everyone wore khakis and everyone had short hair or when everyone prayed, they prayed so quietly. And then they talked, they talked so measured. And I remember like, Oh, this is what a pastor is. And so like, I got me some khakis and I got me a button down shirt. I got a haircut. And I try, I was just like, Oh Jesus. Like, and inside I'm just like, Wah! like, this is like, there's this, this wild person with, within me that like, is like, why? And I'll never forget it because in the midst of about seven or five or seven years later, the Lord was really talking to me. He's like, Daniel, who are you kidding? Like, you're trying to be something that you're not. Like at the time I would shave my shade, I was clean shaven. Like, you know, I'm all Italian. So I got to shave like four times a day to be clean shaven. You know, Did I got to cut your hair short. Did you yeah, like I had a total, like, you know, J crew haircuts, you know, and I had khakis, <laughs> like it was a mess. And I remember it. And the Lord's like, Daniel, like, this is not like, this is not who you are. This, I did not make you this way. And the people that I want you to reach will not be reached with you being like this because this isn't who you are. And as Sam was saying, like, what I realized is that I was trying to be accepted within a context when actually I've already been accepted in Christ. And, and, and God has a plan for us, each one of us, in the unique ways that he created us. And when we can live out of that acceptance, 
in Christ, then it actually doesn't matter if you're accepted or not, or if you're valued or not, because you're, you actually have that acceptance in Christ. Is that correct, Sam? Absolutely. Now, how has that played out for you though? Because obviously like, you know, so like you're, you're, you've been a professional football player, still are, you know what I mean? You know, you said that you, you know, you're, you're vice president of the players association, but then you're also like, yeah, I don't really watch too much football. And, you know, I got, like, I got all these other interests. I'm writing books and, you know, I have a ministry that I'm doing and it's like, it's, I'm, I'm not living or dying by just what goes on in the football field. So obviously like talk about the journey for you of, you know, uh, being uniquely who you are and, and, and being real about within, in your identity with all the art, no matter what it costs. Yeah. Well, it costs a lot. <laughs> as you know, uh, Fusco and Billy, as you know, as well, there's a cost to being you, but the cost far outweighs the cost to be you far outweighs the cost of pretending, put it that way. So you'll save, you'll save a lot of money. You'll save a lot of everything when you're you. I mean, for me, even being a Christian in the NFL, NFL, highly competitive, like it's the, the, the top 1%, 0.01%. And I am super competitive and I want to win and I want to go, go, go. But my teammates hadn't met someone who was like that, but also who loved God wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. And so I remember being at, and not even games, at practices and getting into it with a teammate, right? He would push me and I'd push him, grab my face mask, I'm grabbing his, like we're going back and forth. And all of a sudden, like we, we break up the fight and I, I may win sometimes, sometimes I, you know, I'll call it a tie. And then, and then guys would come to me after and be like, well, Sam, you're not supposed to fight. You're a Christian. Christians aren't supposed to get angry. He said, was that, was that a curse word I just heard from you? You said, oh, Sam, you know, it was like this thing where it was like, I was, I didn't know I was, uh, I'm sorry. I would hide. I would hide. And so I wouldn't show people that real fiery competitive wants to win and give God glory and everything he has. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe that's not what I'm supposed to be. Pretend there's a cost, but eventually that cost of hiding who I really was not only on the football field, but in the community, people know I love people. I'm just listening, learning and just hanging out with people. I love it. I love just sitting with fans and with friends and the bus driver, the ice cream dude, like just hanging out. And my teammates would be like, dude, why are you spending so much time with these fans? Why, what are you doing? Like, come on. And so for a while, I was like, oh, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm supposed to button up. And it's like, bro, that's not me. That's not who God made me to be. And it never was. It never will be. God created me for community. But if we could just pause right there, like I think there's somebody listening right now that is doing something or maybe thinking a certain way because it fits in with what they think, but it's not how God made you, right? You can't please God and please man. You can't serve God and serve your money or your fame or your fortune. Pick one or the other, right? The benefit of God is God. The benefit of, of knowing God isn't, okay, let me know God so I can get more followers or let me know God so I can get a bigger church or a bigger house or maybe I can get a, you know, find a, a wife or a husband. No. The benefit of God, the reward, like he is the reward. I had a friend Amen. who, who, who 70 something years old, a mentor, actually, my next door neighbor, when I lived in Phoenix playing for the Cardinals and he had cancer, he had cancer and it was, wasn't getting any better. And we've been praying for him, supporting him, doing all the things. And, and without telling, without going deep into the story, this is chapter one of the book in a lot of ways, this is the introduction. But before he passed, he told me two things. He said, number one, because I was like, dude, let me, because he, he was, it was getting bad and it wasn't getting better. He was ready to go home, ready to see Jesus. And, and I said, dude, just give me what you got, man. Give me something. I need to hear and learn and something. And he said, Sam, there's two things I want you to know. Number one, the most important thing you can do on this earth, most important, 
takes to get to know Jesus intimately. There is no greater joy that you will have on this earth. And God gets no greater joy than when you get to know Jesus well. Get to know him well. And he paused. Okay, well, that was number one. Like, what? That's pretty good. You know, you could drop the mic on that one if you wanted to. And he's, But he said, Sam, the second thing I want you to know, he said, I want you to know that you are worth getting to know. Mm. Never forget that you are worth getting to know. And so like the layer that this book really cracks into that I'm trying to get people to understand is that if you could just say to yourself, I'm worth getting to know, right? I'm worth getting to know. There's a song talking about like, 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 I will tell my soul, right? I will tell my soul, I'll remind my soul of certain things. Remind yourself, I need to remind myself, man, I am worth getting to know. And you are too. That is such a powerful message in a world where a lot of people are suffering right now too and feeling pain. And you talk about suicide and just so many issues that are happening, feeling worth. I mean, that's that's the worth that, you know, we're made with. We know that as Christians, you know, that God, you know, made us in his image and loves all of us. But to actually hear that, um, I think is really affirming for people and really, you know, just saying that to somebody else, right? I think it's an important line to just, you know, tell people in our lives that, that they matter. I love that. And that's a biblical truth. I always tell people, people say, well, I don't feel God's love. I'm like, well, if you don't, if like when you feel God's love, then it's easy. I'm like, but if you don't feel God's love, you just have to look to the cross because, you know, the most famous, you know, verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his son on the cross for us. And so the cross tells us, you know, that we see that bumper sticker, the cross yeah. equals love. And, and the coolest thing, uh, just to interject real quick, Fusco, with that verse, is that I didn't realize this till recently, but a man by the name of Nicodemus, who was a, he was a Pharisee in the, in the, in, well, when Jesus was living, and these people were kind of like, they were high and mighty, they were kind of too good, they knew everything, and Nicodemus wanted to know Jesus. The Pharisees were like, oh, we're good, we know the law, who does this Jesus do? But Nicodemus wanted to know Jesus, but he was afraid, he was ashamed, he didn't want his other Pharisee homies to see him conversing with Jesus. So we actually came to Jesus at night and it had a conversation. Jesus, what can I do? This is about John or John one, uh, or John chapter three yeah. in the verse one, whatever. So Jesus, what can I do right to get to know, what can I do to, to get, enter the kingdom of heaven? Right. What can I do? What can I do? Right. And, and in this time of this dude who was hiding, who was pretending, who was a little bit ashamed and afraid, Fast forward and in Jesus's response to Nicodemus, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's nothing you can do, right? It's already been done for you, right? So whoever believes in him won't perish, but have eternal life. God God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but he came to give life to the world. And so this idea that two things, number one, that's the most repeated verse in the Bible. Yet it was, if I may, incepted by a man who came to Jesus, wanted to get to know Jesus, but he came at night. He was ashamed. He was afraid. He was a little bit, he had his issues, but he still came and Jesus didn't turn him away. Jesus didn't say, well, dude, why are you coming to me at night? Why don't you come in the daytime with all your Pharisees? What's up? What's the deal? Right. Jesus said, no, I'm with you. I love you. I'm for you. And that same Nicodemus, when Jesus went and died on the cross and was buried, Nicodemus actually came. I think it was, I may be wrong on the number, but like 50 pounds of, of spices and asked for the body to bury Jesus. Right. He was one of the, one of the two men who came. I think the other one was, a uh, was it, uh, 
Joseph Arimathea. Arimathea, exactly. Joseph Arimathea, right? And so I make that point to say that even in our insecurities, God still accepts us. Even in our fear, God still loves us and he wants to know us, right? Even if we're not feeling crazy happy today, right? Even if I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty uh, crappy today, you know what I mean? Like, even if you have one of those days, God's still like, I'm with you. I still see the best in you. You don't have to be perfect, right? You have to, life is, we're all beautiful and broken. Life is full of ups and downs. There's a time and a season for everything. So good. Well, Sam, I know we, I got a feeling we could hang out me, you, and Billy all day. There's so much to explore. I know, this is really fun. Yeah. And yeah. so, but I, I realize that, like, I want to make sure that people can connect with you directly. So, like, if people are looking for you on social media, looking for your website, where can people find you online? And and where can they find the books? We want everyone, listen, we want you to know that God loves you and that God has a plan for you and God wants to use you and God doesn't want you to be fake. He wants you to be authentically who he made you to be. So Sam, where can people find you on social media, online, and where can they find the book? Absolutely. So anybody who wants to connect with me, it's the easiest way and me or even the book, go to samachobook.com, S-A-M-A-C-H-O book.com. You can connect with me there. All my, all my info's there. You can get the book there. As far as connecting with me on social media, it's at the Sam Acho, T-H-E Sam Acho on Twitter, IG, Facebook, the whole thing. And then also, like I said, the book's available anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, you can get it there. Go to my website, samachobook.com, get it there. Target, it's actually going to be in every single Target store. So as you're listening to this, go to Target, go pick up a book. I'd love to find a way to do a, you know, you shoot me a copy or something, we'll figure out a way to get you a video or copy your receipt, excuse me, get you a video or autograph or something. So Target, Amazon, anywhere you get your books, audio book, you can get it there. The title is Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. And yeah, that's me. Well, Sam, I, I know on behalf of both Billy and myself, I want to thank you so much for letting the world see you. Because as you are on display for all of us, we are encouraged and blessed. And, and for all of you who are listening, listen, what Sam shared about the two things his friend told him were important. One, that you know Jesus intimately. Jesus, every single day is an opportunity to know him, to, to grow with him. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. He, he's available to you if you would simply make space for him in your life. He wants you to know him intimately. And then also the second part that you are worthy to be known as well. And I think that that talk about a a very hopeful reality for us. I want all of you. I mean, I think crazy happiness is on the other end of those two steps where, where you get, you get, don't have to keep putting the masks on. You don't have to keep doing what you think everyone wants you to do. You don't have to keep living a lie, but you can simply say, listen, because I know Jesus and I'm worthy to be known and I'm known by God. Now I can live out of that. And listen, we're all growing. We're all learning. We're all getting transformed and adjusted. Like Nicodemus, sometimes we're scared and we're, and we're, we're hiding out and we're, and, we're, and we're trying to do things on the stealth, but God's in the process of doing a work in all of us. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Crazy Hack with me. Daniel Fusco with Billy Hollowell and of course Sam Acho. We love you guys. God bless you guys. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Take care. Jesus is real. Have you ever felt as though you had to hide who you truly were? Or perhaps needed to act a little different than normal just to fit in? Unfortunately, you'd be surprised by just how many believers feel this way despite having been accepted by Christ for who they are. 
In today's edition of Crazy Happy, NFL player Sam Ocho encouraged you to be yourself and to remember that not only does God love you, but he likes you. While our time with you on Jesus is Real Radio may be coming to an end, you don't have to stop learning from God. Visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to dive into Pastor Daniel's teachings from the Bible. And be sure to tune in Monday through Thursday for our weekday edition of Jesus Is Real. We'd love to meet you too. Find out more about how you can join us at Crossroads Community Church when you visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Well, that about wraps up today's edition of Crazy Happy with Pastor Daniel and Billy Hallowell. In their interview with Sam Acho, they discussed some crucial aspects of the Christian walk, how to pursue big goals and how to keep Jesus at the center of all that they do. Be sure to tune in for the next edition of Crazy Happy to continue learning from the life experiences of future exciting guests. Well, that's all the time we have for this special edition of Jesus is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com and don't forget to subscribe to the Crazy Happy with Pastor Daniel podcast. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.